0: No bowl games in the last two years for Michigan State. Chapter one of the rebuild with Jonathan Smith, but is over five and a half wins a lock for Michigan State football? Yeah, we think so. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Spartans is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON. All one word LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week. Please rate, review, subscribe, comment below on YouTube if you agree that over 5.5 wins is a lock for Michigan State, or if you disagree, comment below too. Please, if you're listening on podcasts, rate us five stars, reach out to us at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, and enough with the housekeeping, let's talk financials right now. Let's let's talk some good, hard-earned economic advice. Because, hey, our friends over at FanDuel over the weekend, they dropped the win totals for teams around the country for the 2024 football season. And your Michigan State Spartans, they have the line set at 5.5. That's a pretty familiar number. It's kind of close to the number, if not the number that we've seen the last two off-seasons here in East Lansing. And yeah, just like every other fan base going into the season, we felt good about that number. Last two years, just in case anyone forgot, that number didn't hit. So why are we feeling so good about over five and a half wins this season? Is it just because it's the offseason and everyone's undefeated in the offseason and we are just chugging the green kool-aid that Jonathan Smith is pouring us? Just like a little bit, but not entirely. No, no, no. Let's talk about why we think that this is a smart bet and just a smart financial decision just to liquidate your whole 401k responsibly and put it all on over five and a half. Please don't actually do that. Bet bet responsibly. Uh, now... We're not going to even talk about Michigan State first and foremost here. We're going to talk about the other teams that Michigan State is playing because you've heard us talk about this up and down this offseason already. We will continue to do it the rest of the offseason, but we are going to talk about the sandwich that is this schedule. It's a slice of bread, the meat in the middle, and then another slice of delicious soft Wonder Bread on the outside. So let's talk about that first slice of bread. The first four games. Home against Florida Atlantic. At Maryland, Prairie View A&M. Whew, and then at Boston College. Now let's say that, hey, you know what? Even in the worst month for Michigan State football, you see 3-1. and one. Let's just say right there, I, I could very well see Michigan State going 4-0 oh in that stretch. Now allow me. Florida Atlantic, it's the Owls. It's Florida Atlantic, okay? We're not going to go too in-depth on why you should beat them, but it's a team that you expect to beat week one. Maryland, hey. Toyalia Tungavailoa, he did not get his 18th year of eligibility granted by the NCAA. So now Maryland, safe for any you know, off-season transfer action coming up this spring. There with Billy Edwards Jr., who has thrown the ball 56 times in his career. That is going to be what we presume a drop-off in quarterback play for Maryland. Prairie View a uh, come on, uh, no further comment for that one. And then Boston College, yes, they went seven and six last year, but they got a turnover-prone quarterback. He threw fifteen touchdowns last year, fourteen interceptions. Bill O'Brien steps in as the new head coach. And hey, guys, Vegas isn't too high on Boston College right now in the Golden Eagles. There. Win totals are just four and a half. That's basically Vegas telling you that this team is probably going to stink this year. So, again, let's say you don't even go undefeated. Let's say you drop that road game at Maryland because, well, dang it, we can never get over Mike Loxley and those Terrapins. You're three and one. Okay, but we're, we're kind of dealing with this in a somewhat worst-case scenario. Now, in the sandwich, now we get to the middle four games. Is it just the raw meat in the middle because it's Ohio State at home? And at Oregon, and then Iowa at home and at Michigan. Those first two games, Ohio State at Oregon, let's just focus on remaining alive. Let's just focus on having all of our limbs attached to our body after those two games. Now Iowa, maybe. Maybe. I, you you almost beat them last year. Just took some competent coaching and just the slightest bit of execution in the fourth quarter for a road win at Iowa. And I know that they... Canned, their offensive coordinator, he stepped away or what have you with Ferris's kid. Not necessarily a splash hire though with Tim Lester as their offensive coordinator. So that's going to be another ugly game. First team to 20 kind of game. But it's at Spartan Stadium. Maybe Michigan State is a slight two-point favorite in that game. And then you go to Michigan. Now I know that there's a lot of off uh turnover with Michigan. Alright, and then we're closing the gap a little bit with them. However, guys, I, I bleed green and white as much as you do, and I hate talking good about Michigan, but I still think that gap is pretty big. Let's say hypothetically, though, Iowa gets you. Tim Lester turns on the Jets, and he drops 50 on you. You go 0-4 in that stretch. That puts us right now at 3-4. Okay? Five and Okay? 5.5 is starting to look a little dicey until we get to our second slice of bread to end this sandwich here. Because, guys, this is this is a nice schedule to look at in November. Indiana at home. At Illinois, and then you are back home for your last two games, purdue Rutgers coming to town. Let's be serious, okay? Come on. Let's be serious. All four of those teams I just named have a a 5.5 win total like Michigan State. Actually, Purdue is only 4.5, so that's Vegas telling you that they don't think much about these teams either. So let's say hypothetically, you know what? I know right now as things stand in the middle of February, we're feeling really good about that stretch. Let's say some injuries happen. Michigan State isn't the team that we all thought they were going to be or maybe one of the four teams I just named that they are a spicier squad than any of us thought. Let's say you just go 3-1. and one. You lose the road game, let's call it, at Illinois. But you beat Indiana, you beat Purdue, and you beat Rutgers at Spartan Stadium. Okay, You go 3-1. and one. Guys, that was kind of like worst-case scenarios things stand right now. I know there's a lot of questions with this team, but there's also questions with a lot of other teams that we just named off. That's a 6-6 six and six record. You can talk yourself into, hey, that first month of the season, Sparty's just going out to a 4-0 start, and then hey, in the middle of the season, in those four games, sure we lose to the Buckeyes, sure we lose to the Ducks, but we pick up a game against Iowa, and then yeah, if you're feeling hot this offseason, let's say we shock the world and we beat Michigan. You're already at six wins right there, and that's not even counting the four very gettable games you have to end the year. Now, why are we just so confident? Why are we just discounting that we're going to beat teams like Purdue, like Illinois, like Indiana? I mean, for God's sakes, we've just come off of two bowl-less seasons. Why are we thumping our chest right now? Well, I want to get ahead of it right now. It's a 5.5 win total. Like, six games should be very gettable. We're not gunning for like a 8.5 win total right here. Like, yes, Michigan State does have holes, but with a win total like 5.5 you're kind of expected to have holes. However, you got to like the portal haul that they've had. Of course, guys like Aiden Childs, Jack Valing, Tanner Miller, guys that were already at Oregon State and know the system of Jonathan Smith, of offensive coordinator Brian Lindgren, guys that are very familiar with already what's going to be going on. The only thing different... Said it's a bigger stadium and more fans are playing in front of. So, they could hit the ground running from day one. This isn't like another transfer quarterback get that you see that has to learn the system. Might be a slow build the first month of the season. They're going to hit the ground running because they're already comfortable. Also, guys that you got from the transfer portal like Wayne Matthews, a coverage linebacker, which... Tell me if that wasn't an issue for Michigan State last year. You've tightened up the interior defensive line with Daquan Douse, also Luke Newman from the portal. And speaking of offensive linemen like like Luke Newman, it's also who you have kept. you kept guys like Geno Vandermark. You've kept your two tackles, Ethan Boyd, Brandon Baldwin. So... You can grow another year as the offensive line, the defensive line, and I know it wasn't a world-beating unit last year, but we're not even asking them to be world-beating. Can you just be an average offensive line? And with the interior of Tanner Miller, of FCS All-American Luke Newman, and Geno Vandemark, you can expect at least average offensive line play, in my opinion, especially against these teams that might have you as the the, uh, aggressor in the trenches. So, the other thing too, yeah, I'm sorry to keep piling on last year's uh, coaching staff, whether it was interim head coach Harlan Barnett or the the guy that kind of just let this all fall apart. But you could have gotten to six wins last year, guys, if you just had... The slightest modicum of competent coaching. Like, you do win that Iowa game if there's a little bit of execution late in the game from the players or the coaches, what have you. At Rutgers, please, I do expect any team with a pulse and any coach with a brain as head coach to protect a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter against Rutgers. I know that Minnesota game, on paper, it was a wide margin, but really, you just score a touchdown, two more touchdowns and you win that Minnesota game. So you win just two of the Iowa-Ruckers and Minnesota games last year, that gets you at six wins. So we're gonna talk about maybe why it's not such a stone cold lock. We're gonna hear from you guys too. But first, need to talk your ears off about. Game Time, the best ticketing app out there, folks. Game Time is all about saving you that cheddar. There are so many ways that you can save on Game Time. Let's say that you know you're going to the concert, comedy show, or hey, a sporting event later on this week. Just open up your Game Time app, and they're going to have la- not last minute flash deals. We'll get to that a little bit. They're going to have flash deals leading up to the game to assure that you get the best price for that seat, or. If you're a procrastinator like myself, let's say that you're already in town, you're across the street from Little Caesars Arena or Breslin Center if you're going to go to a Michigan State game, and you don't have tickets yet, but you're walking into the stadium to go see this game, well, they got the flash deals that are last minute for you. That's right, the last minute deals over at game time that are available an hour after the game kicks off or tips off or after the show starts. They have the deals for you. And also, hey, they just got a deal for you right now. When you go to game time, Use code locked on all one word locked on for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Use code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase again. Download Game Time today. It's last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Now, hey, we're feeling confident after that first segment, right? Now, before you go to a bank and drain the ATM of every twenty dollars bill they have, so you can just bet it on the over five and a half. Why maybe is there a little asterisk by this lock that we keep throwing around here? Um, I kind of want to disclaim this. I know this might be cheating, this might just be a coward's way out here, but if at any point in the season Aiden Childs gets hurt, I know it's just one player, but that is a very important player. If he gets hurt, this is all null and void. Like, let's say that uh, late, or you know what, let's go with the the first game of that meat in the sandwich. Let's say the Buckeyes come to town and they get Aiden Childs on a good hit, you know, and his collarbone is gone. I'm not wishing this to happen. This would be devastating. I I don't think that the backup quarterback situation is as plug-in and play as it is maybe other places. I think that's going to be a pretty steep drop-off from Aiden Childs to Tommy Schuster, who had a nice career over at North Dakota. Record-setting career at North Dakota the best quarterback that they've had and maybe will have for quite some time but there is a steep drop off in play from where Aiden Childs could be let's say he starts to hit his ceiling here in his sophomore year and then where Tommy Schuster is so yeah Michigan State could be competitive in a few of these games without Aiden Childs but man you're really gonna need this this crown jewel of a quarterback in here so let's say the uh the um option of or the uh, p- potential of injury there we go is on the table It's football, for crying out loud. So that's one reason to tread lightly. Another reason to tread lightly, I'm not so sold on the pass rush this year. Yes, you got Chris Bogle coming back, but it's not like he's been a Bosa brother by any means. Uh, Yes, you did get Quindarius Dunn again for Middle Tennessee State. Again, We're talking about a step up in in competition for him. And uh, yeah, beyond that, you do lack some pass rush. Also, the secondary, while I do feel good about the starters, you got some good four-star talent out there, the depth isn't all necessarily there, whether it's the safety position or the cornerback position. But again, I know that those are just some questions that we have on defense, but it isn't like we are going for nine wins for this bet. We're just trying to scrape our way to six. So that's the optimism from me, at least. And also on Twitter, we're going to go there. That's right, because 1,000 of you beautiful people voted in this poll that I threw out on Tuesday morning. I said Michigan State's win total for 2024 is five and a half wins. How confident are you in your pick and why? Now, I gave four options because I really wanted to gauge people's confidence here. Option one, hammer the over. Number two, leaning the over. Number three, leaning the under. And then number four, max betting the under. Now, with 1,000 votes on the dot as things stand right now, 54% 54% of you said hammering the over. We are feeling spicy about our Spartans this offseason. 39% of you said leaning the over. So, I mean, that that is a 94%. 94% vote of confidence for the over. Now, we are a big Fade the Public podcast here. When we're talking betting, we love looking at the line. We like seeing, oh my God, 80% of the public's on this team? will bet on the other team, but hey. We just saw over the weekend, the Super Bowl, 70% of the public was on the Chiefs. Sometimes, sometimes the public does win, guys. So hopefully this is one of these times because 4.5% of you said leaning the under. 1.2% said max betting the under. That is some overwhelming confidence. And I know full well, like this isn't a scientific poll. I would assume that most of my followers on Twitter are Michigan State fans that might have a slight bias when voting this. Now there are some Michigan fans, like there was one that even commented, and he's feeling good about Michigan State's over right now. Ben writes in, I would lean the over just out of the simple fact that the schedule is a cakewalk. i say six and six. Now of course some Michigan State fans chimed in too. Uh, Welcome to MSU Coach Smith. That was their Twitter handle. They said, hammering the over, elite portal haul, easy schedule. Five wins are absolutely guaranteed with almost no shot of losing. Only two games are guaranteed losses. Now, I do agree that only two games are guaranteed losses, but five wins, absolutely guaranteed with a capital G. Um. I'll get at that point some, some way during the offseason, but oh, wow, I, I do like the uh, the optimism there. Matt writes in, I'm hammering the over. We almost got to six last season with a half-functioning team. If Childs can even deliver a little bit and our coaching staff uh, actually coaches, six is a certainty, not to mention the schedule appears to be set up for success. That is the common theme here. No matter who we're talking to, it's like, yeah, not only do we feel good about the roster and, you know, what Jonathan Smith has done the offseason, season. But it's that schedule is just lining up so good. This isn't like last year, where even before the season starts, you're looking down the barrel. It's like, oh my, oh my. Uh, that that is that is Washington, a team that returns uh, almost everybody, including the wide receiver room. That is better than the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver room. And then, oh my goodness, you got to go to Michigan, got to go to Ohio State. You got to play Penn State in a neutral site. Like, oh my. The schedule's setting up a little easier than last year's. Bully Detroit wrote in, should have had six last season. The home schedule alone looks very possible to go six and one. And then Buck Naked, that's his name. I I don't know if he actually is Buck Naked right now, but that's his name that he goes by. Just quite simply puts, with a head coach, shoot. That's a no-brainer. So... More votes of confidence for Mel Tucker and the gang and Harlan Barnett and anyone else that had their paws all over last year's team, including the coordinators. Uh, (laughs) I'm so excited for this next chapter to begin, man. Man, oh man. Now, I do have... Three other locks that I do like here just for the Big Ten. We're going to go down the list of teams really quick. Ohio State, 10.5. Oregon, 10.5. Michigan, 9.5. Penn State, 9.5. USC, 7.5. Washington, 7.5. Nebraska, 7.5. Iowa, 7.5. Maryland, 7.5. then Wisconsin, 6.5. Rutgers, Northwestern. Michigan State, UCLA. Illinois, Indiana, all 5.5. And then Minnesota, Purdue, rounding it out with 4.5. I like Oregon at over ten and a half. I also like Ohio State at over ten and a half, too. I could elaborate on that more at a near show. And then also Michigan, too. We'll talk about this a little more tomorrow about other locks around the Big Ten. But Michigan, I swear I'm not a hater. Under nine and a half, though, I'm starting to like. That is a tough schedule. Again, we'll get into more of this tomorrow at the end of the show course, we're going to talk about the Penn State basketball game and the other news that breaks, but we'll go more in-depth with the other Big Ten picks tomorrow. But right now, we got a mailbag question. This one comes from Chris. He writes in at LockedOnSpartons at gmail.com With Chip Kelly skipping town, any chance we see Spencer Holstige take another look at Michigan State? Now, if you were sleeping under a rock, or if you just quite frankly don't care about any sports outside of Michigan State, you must have missed this over the weekend, Head coach of UCLA Chip Kelly takes the offensive coordinator role at Ohio State, not because he had to, not because he was fired and pushed out, but because he was willingly stepping down from a head coaching position to take a coordinator role. That is just shameless. (laughs) Wow, it's a dirty business out there. Anyway... Now with that departure, Chip Kelly left UCLA a 30-day window for anyone to transfer out of the program. That happens whenever a head coach leaves their program. So the 30-day window is open. Spencer Holstige, interior offensive lineman who played at Purdue, transferred to UCLA, was in the transfer portal in December. It was hypothesize that he would be looking a little bit at Michigan State, and not for no good reason. He is from Grand Rapids, so maybe he did want to use his last year of college eligibility in his home state, but eventually went back to UCLA. Okay, maybe this changes some things, but i got to say, I would be a little surprised if Spencer Holstich is back on the table just for the fact that, well, the interior offensive line, which is what Spencer plays, looks to be pretty set right now, at least from a starter standpoint. you got Tanner Miller. You can guess that that's going to be your center from Oregon State, former midseason All-American for the Beavers. Okay, that's going to be a pretty tough spot to beat out for center. Gino Vandermark, he didn't come back to Michigan State for no good reason, just to be in a battle for that right guard or left guard position. And then Luke Newman, while he did play tackle at Holy Cross at an FCS All-American level, he projects that he will be on the interior offensive line. So I don't think Spencer Holstige is going to come here looking to be the first guy off the bench in the the interior offensive line, or maybe Luke Newman does win a left tackle job or a right tackle job, and then that opens up something in the middle. But I would be surprised if Spencer does dip his toes back into the transfer portal and then comes to Michigan State just because the picture of that offensive line is a lot clearer than what it was when he originally entered the transfer portal in December. But, hey, it's football. Anything can happen, especially in this day and age in the transfer portal. So I'm not calling it 0%. I'm just calling it a lot lower than what it was when you initially entered the portal in December. Now we will be back talking basketball here in a hot segment. First, you need to talk your ears off about FanDuel Sportsbook. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's right. You don't have to sweat the spread. You don't have to worry about laying the points. You don't have to go to bed nervous like, oh my god, are they going to cover 14 and a half tomorrow? it's a it's a $5 bet. And hey, if you win that is $150 in bonus bets for new customers. 150 bucks if your team wins. Now the NBA Okay, that is a great time to get in on the gambling action, especially at FanDuel where they have quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and I also love the first basket score of the game props. Go ahead and check out the menu of NBA action over at FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. It's FanDuel, a speci- <laughs> official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Alright, let's talk some shooty hoops right now. Uh, Michigan State Taking on Penn State, Big Ten Network, 6.30 p.m., another road game. (laughs) We'll get to that in a little bit. Right now, I do want to talk a little bit about bracketology because, well, as the week starts, especially on Tuesday, a lot of bracketologists update what they have in the field of 68 here. We're going to go with our favorite bracketologist, 131 Sports. We're going to try to have him on later this month, but... He's always one of the best bracketologists out there year in and year out. And right now, he is Michigan State as a 9-seed against 8-seeded New Mexico. Now, the one seed in that region would be Arizona. So, that would be a nice rematch over there in Salt Lake City. ESPN, Joe Linardi. Michigan State as a 9-seed against 8-seeded Virginia in Yukon's region. USA Today, an 8-seed against 9-seeded Florida. Also in Arizona's region, CBS Sports. And I know that. We didn't have, like, great things to say about Jerry Palm saying uh, that he's not the greatest bracketologist out there. And that graphic that they had over the weekend during the Illinois game with Michigan State as the first four out probably wasn't accurate whatsoever, but hey. We're going to eat up any bracketology we can and let's say that you do trust the Church of Jerry Palm. He has Michigan State as a 9 seed against Virginia in Arizona's region. And the last one we're going to reference here, Bracketville, they have the Spartans as a 9 seed against Texas A&M in the Julius Marble Bowl with Houston as the 1 seed in that region. So, consensus 8 or a 9 seed right now. As these games keep going on, we're going to have some conversations of whether it might actually be advantageous if they lose a few of these games to get a 10 seed or an 11 seed, as odd as that sounds. But I don't I don't like the idea of playing any one seed in the second round. Um, not to count our chickens before they hatch and just assume we're going to win that 8 versus 9 game, but oh god, I'd really rather play a 2 seed or a 3 seed. And if it takes some losing, or you, we could really mix it up and actually win our way to a 6 seed... That'd be crazy. Um, yeah, that might be worth a conversation too. Before we get to the preview of this game, two women's bracketologies have Michigan State on them. ESPN, a seven seed against ten seeded Alabama. Now the two seed in that region would be Colorado. And if you didn't know, for the women's tournament, the first weekend of games are at home gym. So it would be in Boulder, Colorado should Michigan State beat Alabama in this hypothetical bracket and also NBC. They don't have a bracket. They just have seed lines and they have Michigan State as an eight seed for the women's basketball team in case you were curious. Now Penn State, This uh, I'm going to just fetch a guess that this will be a little more competitive than it was last time over the holiday break when Michigan State won 92-61. to A game that was so out of reach so early on that Xavier Booker got 15 minutes of action. And do you know how bad a blowout has to be for Z- for Xavier Booker to get double-digit minutes in this day and age? Um, so that right there is a glaring stat to paint a great picture of just how bad of a beatdown it was last time. It might be a little different here because Penn State, ever since we've played them, they're 5-5, five and five, they're 500, but more specifically, in the last four games, they are three. And one double digit road wins at Rutgers and Indiana. And I know that Rutgers stinks out loud this year. Indiana may be their worst team in a generation, but still, you went on the road in the Big Ten, as us Michigan State fans know, that is impressive. They did that by double digits. They also have a 10 point home win against Iowa, and the most recent game, a five point road loss against Northwestern. What you gotta say, I, <laughs> losing to Northwestern on the road by five we're not in the business of moral victories over here for our Spartans, but for Penn State, that might as well be a moral victory. So this is going to be a harder Nittany Lions team to face than we saw in December, or was it early January? Whatever it was, over holiday break. Um, now, what is Penn State doing good so far? What well, home, they're not too shabby. They're 10-3 and 3 at home, I will say, Pretty bad loss to Bucknell in December, but they also beat Northwestern and Minnesota at home. So 10 and 3. It's always an odd environment over there, too. Like it's always a half full gym, which makes it hard for the opposing team in a way to get their energy up. Like it's almost like you're just manufacturing your own uh, adrenaline in that building. So it, it is one of the most bizarre places to play basketball. We've actually talked about it with Mark Titus last year. Now, he was on Ohio State's basketball team and he said, Just that, like it it is so like just empty, barren, and just odd that you really just can't catch like the correct vibe going into that game. So hopefully Michigan State can overcome that. But what else does Penn State do good on paper? Well, they're really good at holding their opponents uh, to bad shooting on the three-point line. Just 31% from their opponents. That is 46th best in the nation. That did not matter. Last game, Michigan State shot ten of twenty-one against the Nittany Lions earlier on. They are also top twenty in the nation at turnover percentage. They are turning over their opponents twenty-one percent of the time. Now, a player that we're going to keep our eye on, Kanye Clear. Sorry, Kanye Clary. Now, he had a really good game against Michigan State last time. I don't remember it because it was such a blowout that, like, you weren't even concerned about what any of the other guys were doing, but he did have 21 points against Michigan State the first time. This sophomore is averaging 17 points per game. With that said, he did miss two games recently with an injury, and against Northwestern on Sunday, he was held scoreless. So it's been a slow return from his injury that he sustained about two weeks ago, so we'll see if he's still hampered this 5'11 point guard. But, yeah, that is going to be a big battle. Tyson Walker versus Clary. Because, yeah, he's the straw that stirs the drink even as a sophomore, too. Well, Ace Baldwin being a senior, I mean, he's kind of taking a backseat to this sophomore. So we'll have to see. It'll be a tough game. But BartTorvik.com, the computers, they say Michigan State projected as a 75-70 to 70 winner. Now it would be a quad two game. Penn State is just right on the cusp of, of Quad Two, so like this is going to be a thing where yeah, if Michigan State does win, it's Quad Two right now. Could slip down to Quad Three, but hey, th- th- this is going to be this going to be a tough one. I know that Penn State was a walkover last time, but uh, yeah, for a nice little Thanksgiving Day date, that's nice. God, Whew. how about this Valentine's Day date rather? My goodness gracious, I need to mix of water in today. Um, hey, how about this for a nice one? Just sweating out a nice. Spartans, Nittany Lions game. If that doesn't just put the love in the air on Valentine's Day, then I'm fresh out of ideas over here. But regardless, hey, it's going to be a date here, Locked on Spartans on Valentine's Day, because we're going to be back after the game. Don't you worry. We're going to recap everything that happens. We're going to go more into our Big Ten football locks. And any other news that breaks, we're going to get to it here, Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week. Now go enjoy your lovely Valentine's Day, everyone. Love you all. Go Green.